When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Hey, what's going on? NHL Jets lead the Avalanche 2-0 after the first. Late in the second period, Florida up 2-1 on Philadelphia. Starting in about an hour, St. Louis at Seattle. Raptors trailing Cleveland 65-62 with 7-20 left in the third quarter. Baseball playoffs, Yankees and Astros 1-1 in the fourth earlier Padres over the Phillies, 8-5. That series is tied 1-1. Oilers tomorrow, 5-30 for the face-off show. Game at 7. They host the 3-0 Carolina Hurricanes. Dylan Holloway did not skate today. Uh, there wasn't a full update from Jay Woodcroft. Did say he looked like he had a cut on his nose. Uh, I, I believe Holloway is day-to-day. Probably not going to play tomorrow, but uh, we'll get more information at the morning skate. Elks will play here on 6-30 Shed on Friday, and then we got an Oilers matinee coming up on Saturday. So a lot of live sports to bring you. Of course, the CFL season has uh, generally been controlled by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who are 14-3, and sitting on a bye this week. And uh, they'll take on BC next Friday. They're going to host somebody in the West Final, well, either BC or Calgary, I guess, in uh, three weeks from now. And to discuss that and who knows what else, we welcome back to Inside Sports, one of the greatest players in CFL history, Doug Brown from CGOB Radio. Doug, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me back. So you're you're seriously just going to take that intro in stride? The, one of the greatest players in CFL history. You didn't even laugh or say Honestly, thank you or roll I your was, eyes. Uh, I was switching off my speakerphone into uh, putting my phone up, so I didn't really catch all of it, but... Uh, who might argue with you, you know? Yeah, exactly. Over the years, and we've still never met in person that I can remember, over the years you've come <laughs> to respect my random ramblings on the radio before I bring you onto the show. How are you doing, by the way? How's people in Winnipeg must be overjoyed? It was so long without a great cup, and now they're going for three in a row. Yeah, and Zach Claris just signed a three-year extension as well, so it looks like he will. Uh, the resurrection of his career began in Winnipeg, and uh, looks like he's probably going to finish it off here as well. I think he'll be 37 years old by the time his uh, next contract expires. And uh, not only is it a, a, a pretty sizable one, but there are now portions of it that are guaranteed as uh, one of the new uh, rules coming into effect with uh, that new CBA. Uh, which is which is nice to hear. Did you ever have a guaranteed contract when you played? Um, I just had uh, uh, like guaranteed portions. So if I had uh, X amount, I would get anywhere, say up to fifty percent of it um, in, in terms of a bonus every year. I mean, you get your signing bonus when you sign a contract, but then I would have 
monies that were due, say, January 1st every year, that could be upwards of 40, 50% of the total amount. So I guess that wasn't guaranteed, but if they were going to do something with my contract, they would have had to have done it by January, so to speak. Otherwise, they had to owe me that. So I was as close to a guaranteed uh, deal as I had outside of my signing bonus, I would say. Right. Which is which is why sometimes you might hear a player just like get randomly released in the off season, and then yeah, you often yeah. hear like, "Oh, he was owed this amount of money on like March fifteenth. That's why he was like randomly cut yeah. on March fourteenth, so they didn't have to pay him that money." Yeah, you're like, what could he have done? Well, nothing other than have uh, a stipulation in his contract that they uh, they owed him. And, you know, they'll negotiate against you too, right, coming up to that if uh, I mean, it didn't happen to me. But certainly uh, some players, uh, the teams are like, yeah, we're not going to play this, so you either uh, have to come off this or we're going to release you at this date. So it can be uh, a guaranteed deal is a much uh, better thing because no matter what they do, uh, they still owe him that money. So that's a, that's a great deal for Zach, and he's earned it for sure. Yeah. Okay. And then you, you you played for the Washington in the in the NFL as well early in your career. Um, yeah. Was there? And I, I believe you're with the Bills briefly as well. But Washington is where most yeah. people will remember you. Like when you're a young guy trying to make it in the NFL. I mean, like you did you have any security or thinking like? <laughs> Well, at least I'll have this money in the bank because maybe like could have it all just been gone if they were like, sorry, Doug. Yeah. You know what? The, the beauty of uh, being in the NFL in your early, early twenties is uh, I mean, I was, I didn't move out of my parents' house till I went to the Buffalo bills training camp. So um, I didn't really, uh, I hadn't really accomplished anything on my own. I was kind of, I was kind of just freewheeling and every, you know, so it's, uh, I didn't have a family. I didn't have dependents. I was just kind of out there. So that's a nice thing about being super young. You don't, you don't have any of the obligations or responsibilities you have when you're older, when you're that age. So, and I remember I saved up my very first year in Buffalo. I was just on the practice squad. I didn't make the active roster till the next year in Washington. And I saved up all my money from, uh, from the practice squad and, and people are you're like, Oh, that was very smart of you. And then as soon as I got home in the off season, I went and bought a brand new truck cash, which is probably about the worst investment you can make with uh, money these days. So, but you needed a truck. Yeah. Well, how did I put that money into a real estate in in British Columbia? Um, oh. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd probably be very very retired right now. You you wouldn't be doing radio shows in Edmonton on yeah. Wednesday night. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'd be an investment show. That's what, that's what yeah, you'd be coming on go. to talk about. Okay. Well, that's good. I, I I always love how honest you are with uh, with with your stories and stuff about your uh, your career journey. That, that, I want to ask you this. I want to get your opinion on this because the one thing I've talked about other other media guys I know and even some fans are saying this to me over the last few years. Uh, I, I mean, a, a former a colleague of mine who is who is now re- retired, he's in his late 50s, said, you know, when I was a kid, I knew the quarterback and every star player in every CFL team because they rarely change teams. And you build up that identity, whether it's the team you like or the team you hate. And now there are a lot of one-year contracts. And, 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 you know, maybe sometimes the good players might leave to the NFL, but bless them if they can do that. But there are a lot of one-year contracts. Does, does something need to change? Like, do you need to say, like, look, if you're fine, if you're going to be a free agent, great, 
but you, we can't have all these one-year contracts and like you know larry dean was here he's been like the middle linebacker for like a different team the last four years or something like that like does something need to change so fans can build up an identity with some of the players yeah i mean uh, it's uh, it's funny like you literally hear every year fans like i don't know what jersey to even buy anymore because it's obsolete potentially the next year so it's a big step forward the zach claire signed a three-year extension with the winnipeg blue bombers because he was another guy that was on a one-year deal right so uh, i i think there does need to be a minimum term contracts for sure in the canadian football league um it just builds continuity and familiarity from the fans and uh I think it's it's super important because everybody's just uh, otherwise you're you're a mercenary out there, right? You're just always for hire to the highest bidder, and uh, that works out for a while. But then you don't end up with any money in the bank when it comes to a, a football team, right? That you've been through trials and tribulations with, and and uh, you uh, you don't have ties and um, uh, some sort of association with any of the communities as well, right? I played 11 years in, in Winnipeg, and, uh, you know, I probably gained more just from being here and being off the field during those 11 years than I did as, as a football player uh, under under salary from the from the Winnipeg, Winnipeg Football Club. So there's uh, so many... Uh, things to benefit just from spending time you know especially with if you can spend your whole career with one city um it really sets yourself uh it sets you up for for life after football potentially as well so not only does it help the fans not only does it build storylines but it helps the 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 player as well in his post uh post football career yeah, I like how you put that, and I mean, there are so many uh, double E alum that have stayed in Edmonton for decades, you know, in in, in some cases, and, and made this their home. Doug, I am going to talk to you about the the West Division, but you keep saying stuff that makes me think of questions, which is why I like having you on the show. Because I asked you about the I asked you about the contract, and 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 you said you know uh, you try to build a career and maybe save some money, like when you played. Did did you have an agent or some sort of mentor type person who said, "Okay, Doug, here's your," and I'm not, I'm not I don't expect you to tell anybody what you made, but you, you're you're making this. You got to remember, this is for your rent. Uh, you're not going to get paid in the off season unless you go get a job. You, you know, you're going to have to do this if if you if you buy a car. Like, did did you have to figure that out yourself? Did teams have financial advisors? Like, who teaches, especially the younger players, that money management side of it? You know, it's funny. Uh, in 15 years of professional football, I only had one ball club ever do that. And that was my very first year in 1997 with Buffalo. They literally sat us down and they said, okay, if you're on the practice squad, you're making this much. If you're a first-year minimum player, you're making this much. This is what your rent is. Uh, this is what your taxes are. This is after you pay your agent. This is what you have left. And, uh, and then they talk about how long your career is. It, it's a little bit of an eye-opener, but it was, uh, I think what was more distressing was the fact that I only heard that uh, from my very first team. I guess I was lucky that, and fortunate, it was my first year with Buffalo. Uh, of course, there are things uh, financially I'd like to do all over again, but it, uh, I guess I should be happy I heard it at all because uh, it was such a rarity for football teams to come in and counsel their players on uh on things like uh you know what they should do with their money so on and so forth and even when i was a player rep with the winnipeg blue bombers um there wasn't really uh programs in place uh even from the the players association the union where 
we were putting on uh, demonstrations to the players in terms of, I mean, we are always very much supportive and um, trying to get everyone to, to max out, you know, your contributions. And then the club matches that we, we were very big on, on making sure that the players understood uh, that, that uh, I don't want to call it 401 RRSP contributions, so to speak, that, that yeah. you can get through the CFL. But there was uh, there's few and far between uh, were you know involvement or exposure to invest investment type people or financial advisors that would help uh, help set you up for for life after football. Explain okay, to you the, so the rationale. Would, would would that be a comfortable topic in the in the locker room, or would you ever say to it like could a vet say to a younger player like dude i see how you're spending money like you think you can afford that but long term you can't afford like would that be a comfortable conversation between teammates yeah i mean it it depends on your familiarity with them and it it depends on you know some people just don't care right some people don't want to hear it and some some people uh that'd be the greatest talk or or eye-opener they ever had right is when someone just sits you down so much of pro sports you live in a state of denial about you know how long it's going to last and how much you're going to make and what your your ceiling is and and so on and so forth so you're often in denial about more than just the the longevity of your career and your your earning potential right you're uh, you're also in denial about oh well you know what kind of opportunities what can i do in terms of saving myself so on and so forth so if you don't uh, believe there's an end to your career, then you don't believe necessarily that there's an end to the flow of money that's coming in. And uh, that's something players come to terms with, uh, unfortunately, uh, in, a, in a negative fashion a lot of the times post-career. See, that, I, that's why I love having you on, uh, Doug. You always give these great little sound bites of honesty. Players spend most of their careers in denial. That's that's a, that's a very yeah. blunt way to put it. But it I, doesn't exclude it doesn't exclude money either, right? It's 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 all denial. You can't just partially be in denial about some things. It's usually everything. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for covering that stuff. Doug Brown from CGOB he covers the Bombers. Used to play there, as he was telling you. All right. Uh, I, let's let's kind of wrap on this note. We'll, we'll assume that Winnipeg's the favorite, which guarantees you nothing when you're on the field. But let's assume the Blue Bombers are the favorite. Who is the second best team in the Canadian Football League? Uh, it depends on whose quarterback is healthy. I would say. <laughs> That's my answer for you right now. So I would say that the second best team in the CFL in my mind is, is probably Calgary right now. But if Nathan Rourke is a hundred percent, I would say that goes to the BC lines. You know, Doug, I might regret saying this. Um, Whenever I watch Toronto, there is something about them. I I know they're 10 and six. I mean, they're basically the same as Calgary and BC, but I, I just, and their point differential isn't great, but like they did against Edmonton, and I know Edmonton's a, a, a poor team, but I've seen them win some other games where I've thought to myself, like, how did they win? Like, I, I just wonder if the Argos are just one of those teams this year where it's like you get them into the playoffs and and they just figure it out and they shock a couple people. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. The East, the East always does that, right? They don't do anything in the regular season. Right. They just... Uh, <laughs> You know, they they don't get real serious about football till the playoffs, and then all of a sudden, sometimes they are they're quite formidable contenders. So, it's uh, I, I agree. I mean, uh, the Bombers only played Toronto once this year, and they had their hands full with them. And 
granted that was with an, a, a healthy Andrew Harris, who uh, certainly had a chip on his shoulder facing off against uh, his old his old ball club. But they're very capable. You know, they got a, a very good recruiting system there. They got a lot of talent. I don't necessarily believe that uh, MBT is the quarterback that's going to take anybody to a Grey Cup championship, but I've certainly been wrong before. So, uh, largely, if there's ever uh, an argument to be made for the differences between having uh, a, an Eastern division, a Western division, as opposed to uh, uh, one just uh, playoff structure where the top teams square off kind of thing. I think this would be the year just because of how the East has done. But uh, uh, I, in my mind, all the contenders are, are, are in the Western division. But like I said, yeah. uh, you always got to go through another team in, in the Grey Cup to uh, to prove that correct. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, you know where I stand on that. I've been beating the drum for just one, one division, or I guess no divisions, just have a nine-team league for years. But uh, when yeah. they make me the commish, Doug, things will change. But until then, we wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey. Hopefully I can be your deputy when that happens. Oh, yeah, you'll you'll be on board. Finally get your dream job. There you go. Okay. There you go. Doug, nice. Doug, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for uh, going wherever we're taking the conversation on any given night. Uh, enjoy the uh, rest of the Bombers run here, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for having me on again. Good to hear from you. That is Doug Brown from CGOB in Winnipeg, and he was a great player when he played for the Bombers uh, as well, and I always enjoy his perspective. Yeah, a lot of stuff there. Bombers 14-3. and three. Don't play this week. BC against the Elks trying to wrap up uh, second place in home field against Calgary in the West Semi. They play the Elks on Friday. Okay, you can chime in. 780-496-0063. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. All right. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Oil Kings, by the way, home game on Friday, 7 p.m. against Prince Albert. We had Laddie Smead on the show the other night. Now the development coach with the Edmonton Oil Kings, and he is loving that opportunity as he's back in Edmonton after retiring from pro hockey, finished up his career in Europe in the spring. Okay, so uh, we're going to tell you about a, something. Well, something really cool is happening tomorrow that's related to Sports Central. We have that story coming up. We got uh, a 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous sports-related story coming up in the final half hour of the show. A couple feel-good stories. That's always nice. And we'll get to that Jordan Martinuk interview that I've been teasing for the last four eons here on Inside Sports. But first, 780-496-0063. Kellen, hit me. Eon. I like that word. Anyway, uh, we yeah, go Eon's to JT in Leslieville who texted and says, when a player runs over your leading scorer and then runs over your top rookie later in the game, you don't have enough team toughness. That's JT from Leslieville. Uh, well, fair enough. I, mean, I don't think you're ever going to prevent teams totally from body checking. And uh, Labushkin didn't finish the game either. Maybe they would have done something later. But I understand where he's coming from. Is, is Leslieville not in uh, Ontario? Is that where he's from? 
Uh, the number, I have to double check his number here. Well, don't I, say his phone number. I, either, yeah, well, I just got gassed the text Oh, no, there's here, also a all. Leslieville in Alberta. I, I knew there was one. Uh, where is Leslieville? That's what I, one thing I like about doing the show. I get to learn about all these little communities. Leslieville is... It's uh, an Alberta uh, number, yeah. East of, east of Rocky Mountain House. It's about a third of the way to Red Deer, I guess, from Rocky Mountain House. Leslieville. I wonder what the population is. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's find that out. Thank goodness. How did people do shows before <laughs> Wikipedia? They had they a giant had to book. Know stuff. How boring <laughs> was that? Hey, how'd you know that? I just learned it and remembered it. No, no, not here. We look it up. We look it uh, up. Absolutely. 2021 population of Leslieville, 134. Not thousand, just 134. Gotcha. Yes, 134 okay, people. Enough. Although I'm sure a lot of people dwelling in the rural area around use Leslieville as their uh, shopping center, you know, their destination for whatever they need. It is a hub. What was the gentleman's name that wrote in? Uh, JT. JT from Leslieville. JT, I want to know if you live in Leslieville or in a rural area close to Leslieville, but you identify Leslieville as your hometown. Okay, what's the other one? Kill him. Uh, Quick one quickly from Kevin. Would Bo Levi Mitchell be a quarterback that the Elks would target? I would say yes, but I think he's going to wind up in Saskatchewan. Ooh. That's my prediction. Write it down. Written down. All right. Kellen's, Kellen's writing it down. He's not writing it down, everybody. He just can't wait till 8 o'clock. All right. Yeah, a couple of great stories coming up in the next half hour of the show.